I tell my, my middle school kids that, you know, all the time that, you know, things that you do when you're in middle school, they can change your life. And I think that that one moment when she was 12 really did, it really did change her life. Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. You'll hear authentic, entertaining stories with tips, lessons, and wisdom from champions to inspire, motivate, and educate you. You'll get the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo Podcast, where I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. How are you today? I am doing great, Kelly, and I'm really looking forward to the wisdom of Jenny King um, because she has raised such an incredible superstar. You bet, Maria. What a show we have for you today. Jenny will definitely have some wisdom for our listeners. Her daughter, Lily, is just coming off an unprecedented NCAA season of winning both the 100 and 200 breaststroke titles for all four years while at Indiana University. Eight individual NCAA titles. Absolutely remarkable. That makes Lily the greatest NCAA breaststroker of all time. But Maria, before we bring Jenny in, for those listeners not familiar with the level of stardom Lily has reached, can you give us some background on why you and I are such big fans of Lily King? Absolutely. Uh, Kelly and I were just talking about this yesterday. Even though I'm not a swimmer, I am very familiar with Lily and her accomplishments. Watching her win gold in the last Olympics after the finger-wagging battle with her Russian arch rival, I was so impressed with how Lily stepped up to the challenge and delivered the win in such a high-pressure situation. I also respect and admire her forthrightness in speaking about the doping problems in swimming. Bottom line, she's a confident, strong young woman and a true leader, and I'd love to hear how she got that way from her mom. Jenny, welcome to the show. Yes, Jenny, welcome to the show. You and I met at the Women's NCAA Championships this spring in a very serendipitous way, which is a story for another day. So, Jenny, um, can you tell us about yourself outside of your role as Lily King's mom? Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you at NCAAs. Um, I'm Jenny King. I'm Lily's mom. Um, I am a public school teacher. So I'm in year 26 of doing that. I teach engineering and robotics at a urban middle school uh, in Evansville, Indiana. I also coach swimming. Uh, I'm a club coach um, and I help with uh, middle school to high school kids, uh, that age group of um, of swimmers. Sometimes I go down to the littles, but not very often. I usually stay with uh, my middle school and high school kids, which I'm more comfortable with. Uh, I was a swimmer in college. I swam uh, for two years at Eastern Kentucky University, uh, and then they dropped the program there, and so I transferred and finished my last two years at Illinois State. Um, just a wonderful experience at both places. Um, you know, just the camaraderie with the team, um, you know, it's just something that I, I, I just loved uh, from, you know, the moment I got there. So um, that's kind of my background in swimming. Uh, my husband, I've, we've been married almost 30 years. Uh, his name is Mark. He also is a teacher and coach. Uh, and he was a runner. Uh, so he ran at uh, Indiana State University 
So we have the battle of the ISUs. Uh, we have ISU blue and ISU red at our house. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, he's very much a part of, you know, of our kids' success. And so, you know, kind of together, we, uh, you know, put our heads together and did the best we could with our kids. So Jenny, so how many kids do you have? And is everybody in your family an athlete? Everybody in our family is an athlete. Um, my husband and I, um, you know, we're both division one college athletes and we are a sports family. Um, of course, Lily, you know, as a swimmer, she also was in gymnastics and played volleyball and ran track and cross country, uh, played baseball when she was little. Um, our son, Alex, is a swimmer at the University of Michigan. Um, and he also um, really through high school, he um, focused more on track and cross country. Um, and didn't start swimming year round until um, about, uh, well, after cross country season, his senior year of high school is when he started swimming full time. Um, so, but yeah, we both, um, my husband and I are both, you know, sports fanatics. I mean, we love everything sports. Um, so um, it's, uh, that's kind of just our lifestyle. And we, you know, spend it going to games and watching sports on TV and playing and, you know, whatever we could do. I'm wondering if you all are swimmers and runners today, you and your husband and Alex. Well, I guess I know Alex is because he's swimming, but. Um, Alex is, you know, he's at the University of Michigan. And he is, he is swimming, not running. Um, he found that he lost too much weight when he ran. Um, and so that was kind of counterproductive because he's a, um, kind of his body type is a little more runner-like. He's, you know, very lean and thin. Um, my husband and I are, we spend our, our competitive energy coaching now. Um, so we are no longer competing, but still enjoying the coaching aspects of it. So how did you and your husband kind of choose? Did you, did you guide, uh, Lily and Alex into swimming or did they choose it or how did you get them started into sports? Um, they actually both started in gymnastics and baseball. Those were the kind of the first things that they did. Um, we, I like gymnastics just because of the, um, the body awareness and, you know, learning how to fall and some of those basic tumbling skills that you learn. Um, and then I was actually swimming, um, with the summer rec league, um, just kind of as, you know, an adult swimmer. Um, and Lily just could not get enough of it. She could not wait to get in and start swimming. Um, Alex had no interest. He took some lessons until he could save himself as, until, you know, if he fell in the water, but then after that, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. So his, he came to it much later than Lily did, but Lily, and we really, um, kind of held her back because probably when she was five or six, she was ready to go. And we didn't, she emotionally, she was ready, but we didn't think that physically she was ready to go yet. So we made her wait till she was seven to start swimming. And she started in the summer rec league um, here in Evansville um, and did that for two years before she started swimming year round. So at five years old, she wanted to go in there and start racing as a swimmer. Yes. And she couldn't make the length of the pool, but she <laughs> was ready to go. At what age did she start showing this real ambition? She was always a really confident kid, you know, and like I said, you know, we kind of held her back because, um, you know, being a swimmer, I'd seen so many little kids that, you know, they, they're excited and they want to do it and they're four or five and they get halfway down the pool and they hold on the lane line and they cry. And I didn't want her to have that experience of, um, you know, of that feeling like she had failed 
at an early age. So I wanted to make sure that she was ready physically, um, that, you know, she could do the strokes and, um, and not that she was any kind of a superstar because it by no means was she when she started. Um, it really took her probably about three years before she was, you know, beating anybody. Um, but she loved it. She loved the being at the pool and um, hanging out, you know, hanging out with the kids and, you know, so um yeah, seven. She was she was pretty confident, even though she wasn't winning races. Um, she just loved it. When did she first start to really take off and and have the reality of you know I'm going to be good? I would say um, when she was about nine. She and this is something I very vividly remember. She was at practice and uh, we were she was on a real small club team. So she had started swimming year round when she, at the end of the summer that she was eight. So she was about eight and a half. Um, and we were on a real small team and there were actually quite a few senior kids, but not very many kids her age. And so one practice, they were doing a kick set and she's always been a really good kicker. And she was kicking with the big kids. And I can remember the coach, you know, kind of yelling at the older kids saying, you know, you're getting beat by a nine-year-old. And, you know, <laughs> for them, you know, they weren't happy to hear that. But for her, and he knew that at the time, you know, he knew that like that was going to pump her up. And um, so for her, that was a that was a big deal that she could, you know, she could hang with the big kids a little bit. So um, soon after that, she got a state cut um, for, you know, Indiana swimming. And so she went to... Um, state meet and finish if not last close to last um, but it's at the natatorium we're so fortunate in indiana to have these amazing facilities um, so she's been swimming at the natatorium since she was 10 years old um, so that was probably you know from a really early age when she's you know she really probably thought hey i i can i can be good at this i'm beating the big kids that's a great story that's a great story and and that that little bit of confidence that she can beat the big kids, do you have any more stories where she had a real success and, and that reflected more confidence to her? Oh, yeah. Um, very vividly when she was 12. So um, she had made state meet and um, was, I don't know, she was seated maybe eighth or ninth. Um, so we went, you know, we went and that this time it was at Fisher's high school in Indiana. Um, so we went and I think she qualified maybe six or seventh. I'm not sure, but all day, um, you know, she kept saying, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And she had dropped, I think four seconds in the prelim and we're thinking, okay, yeah, sure. Lil, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you say. And, you know, I don't think any of us really believed it, you know, her dad or I, or her coach and, um, and I'll be darned if she didn't win. And so then it was like, oh, wow. Like she almost kind of talked herself into it, you know, like she just decided that she was going to win and she did. Um, and that was a real, like, I know for her, you know, even at 12, which, you know, I tell my, my middle school kids that, you know, all the time that, you know, things that you do when you're in middle school, they can change your life. And I think that that one moment when she was 12 really did, it really did change her life. Um, so she just, um, it was kind of that, that first real spark that, you know, Hey, I can, you know, if I really set my mind to it, um, I can do this. So, and a, a lot of that derives from working really hard. You know, she knew that she had put the work in to get there. 
Um, she had a great relationship with her coach. And so, you know, listening to the coach and doing what he said and, um, you know, doing what she was supposed to do at practice to get better. So that confidence is not just something that was pulled out of the air. I mean, it came from hard work, even at that age. The hard work, Ginny, is that something that you and your husband modeled for your kids? I know that you also raised another superstar. Alex is a classical musician. Can you talk about maybe what, you know, you're, I know you're going to be modest, but what your input might have been? Well, I think that, um, and you know, some of it comes from Evansville itself. It's a very working class um, community. Um, we always say it's kind of the biggest small town in America. It's, you know, it's got 300,000 people, but um, it very much has small town values and you, um, you work hard and you don't, you know, you don't complain about working. That's what's expected. Um, and, you know, we try to remind both kids that if, they wanted something, um, you know, maybe somebody was better. Well, you know, why do you think they're better? Do you think that they're, they're working harder? Or do you think that they're doing something that you're not doing? Um, and you get that in swimming, you know, you get those kids that do doubles really early and they get great when they're 10 or 11. And we never wanted that for our kids. We wanted them to, you know, first of all, enjoy being a kid um, and do different things. And so um, I know that she had a lot of kids that were, you know, kicking her butt when she was 10, 11, 12, you know, even into 15 um, and that were doing doubles. And she was never doing that at that point. And so, you know, it's, you know, well, you know, you're, what you're doing is, you know, the right thing and you're listening and, um, you know, and if you want something different, then, you know, find a way to get there. So we tried to not skip any steps um, not, um, go kind of above her level, even though sometimes she had qualified for higher meets, um, we might swim a senior state meet and swim one event. Um, but we really tried to keep her in her age group and at age appropriate, what we felt like were age appropriate practice schedules, um, lifestyle schedules, really. Um, there were a lot of people that said, you know, cause we were from a small team. Oh, you should go here. You should go there. And, um, she was always just really happy and we didn't think that was something, you know, if you got a happy middle school kid, you don't mess with that. You leave it. Um, so she was always happy where she was. And, um, so that's where we stayed and, you know, just kind of reminded them that, you know, hard work is a good thing. You know, it's nothing to be afraid of. And, um, it makes you really appreciate what you earn when you work hard for it. But you're saying appropriate hard work, which I like sounds like you were very intentional about uh, making sure that she had a childhood and I assume Alex as well. Very much so. Um, we encouraged them to, you know, to do things at school. They, that's how Alex got started in music. Um, he started, they took piano lessons and that was something that we did because we were so sports minded, uh, my husband and I, that we wanted them to have an outlet for something that they might like that wasn't sports because we, since that was everything that we had an interest in, um, we didn't want that to be their only thing. So we, you know, got tickets to the Philharmonic and they played the piano, even though that was very much not our thing. Uh, we wanted to expose them to that just, you know, and, and it's definitely paid off for Alex for sure. He's a, you know, he's a classical musician, but um, Lily still plays the piano. She loves it. So and very much a, I think a release for her and, you know, something to kind of de-stress. She'll sit down and, 
and play the piano even now on a pretty regular basis. Um, but we thought that, you know, having dinner together was a good thing. And so we tried not to overschedule them. Um, piano was the one thing that kind of they would mispractice for. Um, they had a piano teacher that they both adored. And so that was easy to do that because they were always ready to go see her. Um, but yeah, making sure that they had time together, you know, they weren't exhausted. So they had, you know, plenty of sleep and, um, had time to eat and, um, had time to do homework. So all of those things we felt were important and not, not doing too much just to stress them out. That is so intentional and so smart. And I really hope that these swim parents out there are listening because, um, that's just step-by-step step progress. And Lily has made just that, Just she's just like climbed the staircase so beautifully. And I think her eight titles out of NCAA, you know, Division One is, is truly amazing. And to continue to do that, it looks like she learned that. But my question is, there's the lore out there within all the press that at some point in Lily's early career, she told you and your husband that she was going to win an Olympic gold. Is that a true story or can you give us the story behind that when it might have been just like the state championships? Well, I think that, you know, a lot of there are a lot of kids that say that, you know, I mean, if you're a swimmer, that's the goal. You want to win an Olympic gold medal. Um, and so I think all along, you know, after that, that 12 year old state championship, we kind of learned not to doubt her. Um, and I, I coached her a lot. I, I always say I coached her a lot, but I was never her coach. Um, but there were a lot of meets where I would be on deck. And so um, I have a great relationship with her age group coach. And um, we just, we had a ball. Um, and so I think when she was 14, um, again, at state meet, she was just weird. Like she, um, <laughs> she didn't, uh, <laughs> when she was at a meet, she was usually real goofy and she was just off. I don't know what, I don't know what it was, but she was just real tense. And, and, uh, Mike Chapman, her coach, you know, he looked at me and said, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how that's going to go. And, um, the 200 has always been a struggle for her. Um, and so it was the 200 and she got done and she won and she came back over and he said, Lil, I, you know, I just didn't know how, how that was going to go. He said, you were just so different. And she looked at him and said, well, it's not like I was going to lose, you know, and it was just such a, well, what did you think was going to happen kind of thing? You know, we kind of laughed about it and, you know, he and I have joked about that since, you know, about, well, it's not like I was going to lose, but, um, she's been one that has been able to, um, just kind of take herself away from difficulties along the way. Um, the, the pool here in Evansville, and thankfully um, they are in the process of building a new facility for us. Um, it's, it's falling down. And so more than, you know, more days than I would like to think um, we would go in and, you know, the water might be 10 inches deep, uh, 10 inches shallow. And so you couldn't, you know, we couldn't swim or, you know, something else would happen and we couldn't, we couldn't get in the pool because of this or that. And so, um, and she told a story uh, not long ago about, about when she was little and going to the pool and writing her name in the algae at the bottom of the pool. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of facility that she grew up swimming in. I mean, it was just crappy. 
um, you know, sometimes it was, um, you know, it would be 95 degrees in the water. And so I can remember one year at Christmas, them going out in the snow, like they'd swim a set and they'd go out and lay in the snow. You know, it was just miserable. And so I think that, you know, like having to swim in that kind of environment um, and not having the best facilities or the best of, you know, the best competition to practice with, you know, because it was a small team and, um, you know, she, um, we are definitely not a family that, um, you know, that has had everything. So, you know, she would, you know, swim in an old suit or, you know, well, you know, let's see if we can find a new strap for those goggles instead of buying a new pair of goggles. So she is not, um, she's had to make do a lot, I think. Um, and that has helped her not have to have the perfect conditions. You know, sometimes you go to a meet and you don't feel good. Or sometimes you go and you forget your suit that you're used to racing in. You know, um, those things just never seem to get to her. And I think it's from, you know, swimming in murky water. <laughs> like, really, I do. Um, you know, sometimes we'd have to find a place to find a place to practice. You know, thankfully, um, through the good graces of other teams in the area, um, they would, you know, let us have a lane when we'd be transient and trying to find a spot to work out. Um, but yeah, she, um, when she was about, sometime when she was in high school, she stopped saying, if I make the Olympic team, she said, I'm only going to say when I make the Olympic team. And so that was kind of a um, realization that, okay, like this, this really is her goal. And even at that point, I'm not sure how realistic it was, but in her mind, she was already there. That is such great mindset and such, uh, it's just, you've just painted such a beautiful picture of kind of her growing up. I really am, am just, it's gold. I mean, as they say, that is just gold and it really turned out to be gold. Um, are you guys going <laughs> to get It turned new, out to be, yeah. Yeah, it turned out to be gold. Are you going to have the uh, Lily King pool in Evansville one day? Well, um from the graces of one of our uh, hospitals, they have um, they have offered money up, and that, so it will be the Deaconess Aquatic Center. Um, we know that there's going to be parts of the pool um, that will uh, recognize her, um, but just the fact that it's being built, it's a beautiful $28 million facility, um, and so we're so thankful that it's getting built. Um, we don't care who it's named after. <laughs> that is that's awesome for the area. And I'm sure that your all's uh, success there has, has helped with that. And now Lily is a professional swimmer. And what are your thoughts on, on being the mother of a professional swimmer? It's pretty cool. I'll say that. Um, you know, I, I teach middle school kids. And so one of the things that we do is talk about careers. And, um, you know, I always have a few kids that want to be a professional athlete. And so, you know, I, you know, and, and of course, all of them know that Lily's my daughter. And um, uh, that's, uh, you know, I never, I never say, oh, well, you can't do that. Or, you know, that's unrealistic. You know, I'll say, well, are you, you know, do you practice every day? Or, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and you got to make sure you, you know, you keep your grades up because you have to stay in school if you want to do that. And so it has provided some, I, I think, some hope for kids in the area that, hey, I can do that too. Um, and, um I'm just excited for her. It's something that she's worked really hard for and that uh, she wants to do. Um, she, not a lot will change for her, 
um, because she will remain in Indiana uh, and their pro group actually trains with their college team year round. So for instance, she's been training with Cody Miller since she got to campus and he was already a pro. Um, so it's a good, um, it's great for the college team because they get that guidance of some older people that have more experiences um, than, you know, than they've had and um, just give a little guidance, you know, I think to the to the people coming in. Cody has been just an incredible resource for her and mentor and just a real big brother to her. Um, so that's, you know, that's been just a really great friendship that, you know, that has grown out of them swimming in the same lane pretty much every day for the last four years. Um, so, um, you know, coaching will be the same. Um, she and Ray Luz and Mike Westfall, um, they have, you know, just an incredible amount of trust in one another. And, um, you know, sometimes, especially she and Ray can have a little bit of a rocky relationship, but um, it's because they're very similar. <laughs> they're both really headstrong. And I think they realize that, but um, there's nobody that she trusts more than him. And, uh, you know, she knows that he's always got her back and he's always going to do what's good for her. So um, just, you know, happy that she's been able to be at Indiana and, you know, grow up in that environment. Lily seems to, to both kind of put herself in, in high-pressure situations and also know how to blow off steam. I think I read somewhere that she dressed up as a mascot or does that. And, and so I think, I, I, I tell me about that. And is that, again, something that you sort of worked with her, you and your husband worked with her on? Or is that something just that she is? I think that's just something that she is. She's always been just really uninhibited. Um, that's I think maybe the best way that I can put it, uh, we call it her liliness. Like, I don't know how to, how to pinpoint exactly what it is. Um, and she has different personalities. Her, her everyday personality is very different from her racing personality. You know, she says that she gets in the ready room and she's just a completely different person. And I can see that really the first time I saw that was her freshman year at NCAAs. Um, and she was, you know, I won't say she was a nobody, but she was definitely wasn't the Lily King that people talk about now and got up for the prelim of the hundred breast, which was her first big event. Um, she always swims the two IM, but that's kind of a, that's, that's kind of the thing she has to swim <laughs> instead of the thing that she wants to swim. Um, and the girl finished in front of her and she just kind of looked at the, at the scoreboard and smiled like, well, I can do that. And so like really that, that like savage, uh, just beast mode. I don't know exactly how to explain it, but whatever she gets into when she's behind the block is very different than her normal personality, which is very lighthearted and goofy. And, um, you know, she loves costumes and dressing up and, um, she likes to drive people crazy. You know, I mean, um, she <laughs> at some point in high school realized that, it made the coaches a little crazy and her teammates a little crazy when she'd show up with like a McDonald's cup, you know, so, and sometimes it would have water in it, but you know, she never told them that. So everybody's got their little Gatorade bottles at the end of the lane and there's little, you know, McDonald's styrofoam cup at the end of the, at the end of the lane. So um, she's just very lighthearted and, and um, fun most of the time. So she definitely has two different personalities. So, um, yeah, the costume thing is something she's done forever. Uh, when her 
age group coach um, switched teams when she was 15. And so she went with him to a new team, which um, had its difficulties, but they're the sea creatures, which is an awesome mascot. And so we made like this sea creature costume. It was, I don't know, it was bizarre, but she had a ball with it, you know, and chased the little kids at the, you know, at the banquet and would go to the, you know, the sessions where the little kids were swimming and play with the kids and just very lighthearted and fun. So, um, yeah, she, um, she has no trouble blowing off steam. That's pretty easy for her. That is so funny. I could just see Lily chasing after the little kids as a sea creature. (laughs) Oh my. Well, do you think that that combination of her being, you know, in beast mode when she races and then being able to, like Maria said, just blow off steam that that played a role in her success? Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think um, not, not taking it too seriously, which is kind of a double-edged sword because she did take it very seriously and she worked her butt off. But at the end of the day, um, you know, she could go to the movies and have fun or, you know, if she had a bad race, we, you know, go out to eat and, you know, have a laugh or, you know, whatever. Um, my husband says she has a very short memory. And so, you know, when she'd have bad things happen, um, she had the ability to just get over it. You know, and sometimes um, I do think, you know, to some extent we had some hand in that just because um, we'd play little games with her, you know, like her dad. And this sounds terrible, but it was really fun. Her dad would boo her at the swim meets. So he'd say, when are you going to go in the 50 free? And she'd say, well, I'm going to go. This was when she's probably nine or 10. I'm going to go 30. And he'd say, "Okay, but if you don't go 30, I'm going to boo you. And he would. And, you know, the other parents thought he was just this horrible, evil person. But it was just kind of a running gag that we had, you know, that, um, you know, that, oh, okay, if you don't say what you're going to go, then you get booed. And, you know, sometimes when kids get out of the race and, you know, you always want to be supportive. But, I mean, sometimes whatever they do, it stinks. And it's okay to say, yeah, that kind of sucked. But, you know, that's okay. What's next? You know, and just, you know acknowledge that it wasn't what they wanted but life goes on and okay what are you gonna do now like you know what's the next race what's for dinner you know because lily food was a great distractor for her like you know um you know let's go get ice cream or you don't have to you don't have to say oh no it was it was the best race and i know you worked really hard and you know you swim a lot of races growing up and they're not all great some of them stink and that's okay you know but it's part of life and you know I know that there are days that I go in that I don't, I'm not the best teacher that I should be, Um, you know, and not that I don't want to do better the next time, but, you know, that's just the way reality is. So you made the costumes and you and your husband brought lightheartedness, your husband booter. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting the picture of a family that said hard work is, is important, but we also have fun and, and it's important to t- to keep things in their place. Uh, would you say the and that's that was your attitude, and was that intentional? Yeah, I think it's just um, you don't want your kid to be sad, you know. And so, you know, the whole coddling, you know, oh, it's okay, you'll be, you know, don't worry, you know, just just acknowledge that it was bad and move on. Just get over it, you know. That's. I think, I think not dwelling on stuff like that really helped, um, you know, and there were plenty of things, you know, along the way that, that weren't good, 
you know, with any, with anybody, you know, anytime you're trying something new or, um, you go through struggles as you're going along. So, um, I think acknowledging that, okay, yeah, it's not what you wanted. What can you do different? All right, stop crying and get over it. Um, that's just kind of the way we are, you know, it's, there's, it's the whole, you know, not crying over spilled milk kind of thing. I love that. Sort of, so, so practical. Um, so I'm going to ask my question that's just, that's just been something I've been thinking about ever since I first saw Lily. And here is this beautiful, confident woman, very young. And, you know, she is unafraid to speak the truth and doesn't seem to care what people say. How did you and your husband raise that woman? You know, the not caring what people say is very accurate because you have a lot of kids that say, well, I don't care what you think but they do. She really doesn't care. Like she, um, part of it, I think is she has phenomenal friends. Um, she, she went to an elementary school that's across the street from our house. And so, and she was never a kid that had a lot of friends. I mean, she had friends, but not, you know, didn't have a lot of, you know, sleepovers or that kind of thing. And it didn't really seem to bother her. She wasn't like she was coming home and crying because, you know, um, she didn't have this big group of girlfriends. Um, and I think part of it is because she and her brother are so close in age, they're 11 months apart and they're really close. And so she always had him. Um, but then when she went to middle school, she went to the school that I teach at, which is across town. So it was a new school and immediately she attached herself to the most remarkable group of girls I have ever been around. I mean, um, just, no drama, um, super competitive. They all had kind of had a different thing. One was a music person and one was a, you know, one was the smart one and one was the animal person and Lily was the athlete. And um, they just were a joy to be around. And they, they're very loyal to each other still. One of them is getting married this summer. Um, she lives with another one at IU. Um, so um, I think she always had that security of having that group of kids around her that they they didn't care how she swam you know and so um that loyalty and that bond that she has to that group I think really helped her confidence and probably helped all the rest of them um one of them is going to med school next year so that's you know that was a big success for all of them um so having that um and the other thing is they're not swimmers they they did swim in high school but um, they were not year-round swimmers, and that was not their, you know, their thing. They just did it because, you know, it was something to do, and they all had fun together. And um, so that um, kind of that thought of, uh, you know, I've got this other, I've got this other life that isn't swimming, and it's all good. You know, I'm a good student. I have, you know, I have friends that I enjoy being around. I have a family that loves me, um, and so that that not caring what people thinks she doesn't care what other people think. She cares very much what the people in her life think. Um, and she is very, she's just very unafraid. You know, she comes from a long line of really strong women. Um, I teach in a non-traditional area. Um, my mom ran a meatpacking plant for a while at a, at a uh, Catholic monastery. Um, I had a grandmother that played ba that played basketball in the 1920s. So she's, you know, she comes from a long line of strong 
women and, you know, also strong men that, that appreciated that. Um, so I do think that um, part of that is just bred into her, you know, and it's okay. You know, like you're doing the right, as long as you're doing the right thing and you feel like you're confident in what you're doing, um, then, you know, by all means, say what you think. Gosh, Jenny, I, I am getting so much insight into Lily and certainly all this, all these strong women, certainly. Maria, don't you think that helps answer our question? Because you and I have talked about this offline about just what an inspiration Lily is and how she's such a, a role model for strong women. And then she's had you and your mother and your grandmother. And it's just... So this is really this is really filling in the blanks for me. How are you feeling, Maria? Yeah, she's also been surrounded by friends, other strong women who who supported her, didn't tear her down, but but supported her. So that's, you know, and a family who didn't take her too seriously and, and was able to keep things lighthearted. She's that, it's no wonder she is who she is. Good job, Jenny. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I have one last question which is going to be what advice you have for parents raising a superstar. And before I ask that question, Maria, I want to make sure you don't have any more questions for Jenny, and then that'll be my last question for her. Yeah, no, I, I, I want to hear the answer to that question because she hasn't raised just one, but but Alex also sounds like a superstar. So I, I, I would love to hear her advice. Yes, because I've been making copious notes here, Jenny, and I see so many things that parents or you know, could take from what you've said, but what, you know, coach, teacher, mother, what advice do you have? I think my biggest advice is let, let your kids be themselves. Um, I know that, you know, Lily's gotten a lot of, you know, a lot of flack from this person or that person, none of, you know, almost none of whom know her at all. But, you know, why, you know, why does she talk that way? Or why does she get on the lane line? And what, they don't understand is that's that's who she is so you know growing up in fact right before she left for the olympics her dad said you know something the effect of you know when they interview you just be honest you know and then you don't have to remember what you said if you just say what you think then you don't have to remember anything which i think is really good advice but she was never the you know lily was never the cutesy little kid you know she was never the princess you know she was always kind of gritty and you know tomboyish and a little bit in your face and um that's just who she was and i always think about like you know like she's a you know kind of a like a bronco you know like you might be able to corral them for a time being but at some point she's going to kick the gate and she's going to go and so um when we were going through college recruiting that was one of our questions for the coaches was okay, you're going to get this really fast breaststroker, but you're also going to get a kid that's going to yell at her teammates if they, if she, you know, they're not working as hard as she thinks they need to be working. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad if you want this kid to come to your school. Um, But, you know, just allowing them to choose their own path and to be their, you know, to be themselves. You know, Alex very much, um, chose his own path with music because that's not anything that we had any experience with, um, but was able to surround himself with the right people. And, um, and I think, think things through logically, um, to make the choices that they want. Um, 
my gosh, when Lily went to Indiana, you know, all kinds of people said, why didn't you go to Cal or Texas? And um, she just really felt like that was the best place for her. That's where she was the most comfortable. And now, four years later, you know, eight NCAA championships later, you know, I think she made a pretty good choice. So, um, you know, let them choose their own path. Let them stand on their own two feet. Let them fail. You know, sometimes, you know, failing and you know, I can remember both of them when they were in the fourth grade making a C on a test and being terrified when they came home because they thought they were going to be in trouble. Um, and it was, well, you know, why'd you get a C? Well, I didn't study. Okay, well, what are you going to do next time? Well, we'll study. You know, so Lily, you know, doing it the fourth grade and then Alex knowing that the same thing is going to happen to him immediately. We didn't warn him off because it was a good lesson for her. Um, so, you know, make them, you know, talk to adults and uh, make their own decisions and and talk for themselves you know I'll, always if our kids had a problem with the teacher you know our, our solution was always you got to go talk to them you got to tell them what the problem is um, and then you know if you need something else you know we will take that next step but it's always your responsibility so making them accountable for what they do and listening to them when they have problems but not letting them whine about it or dwell on it um, every kid is going to run into roadblocks here or there um, and you just you have to you have to be uh, compassionate without enabling them I think that definitely sums it up and that was a question that I had written down that I didn't ask but you kind of answered it with that last one is did um, Lily have any failures and how did you deal with those oh yeah all along um, her very first U.S. club meet, she swam 10 events and she got disqualified in five of the 10. <laughs> so, and my story with, my story with that is I had prepared her for that, you know, cause I was a swimmer. I said, you're going to get disqualified, listen to the officials, learn what you did. But I hadn't prepared my husband and he was losing his mind. You know, what do you mean? She got disqualified again. <laughs> so, um, that kind of started off, you know, right off the bat. But yeah, she, um, I mean, she was a phenomenal high school swimmer and did not win the high school state meet until she was a senior. Um, Bethany Gallant, who swam at Penn High School and at Texas A&M, uh, she was runner up at world championships in the 200 breast. Um, she also is from Indiana and 18 months older than Lily. Um, so, you know, every state meet, Lily got her butt kicked by Bethany until Bethany graduated. <laughs> and so that was a, you know, and the kids at home would say, oh, I thought you were this great swimmer. How come you didn't win? And, you know, I think her junior year, she was Bethany and Bethany was first in the country and Lily was second. They both, both broke a minute and Lily didn't win her high school state meet. <laughs> um, so um, I think that was one of them. And really they're like, they're good friends. You know, they um, have traveled together and uh, our USA teammates together and, um, you know, have, have, you know, gotten to, to the point that they have a close friendship, but at the same time, you know, Bethany's like that, you know, that one person growing up that could always just stick it to her. Uh, and they're from two completely different ends of the state. So they didn't see her, see each other, you know, very often, but, um, all through high school and then again, all through college. So, um, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one. She was second for a long time. Uh, she was second at World University Games. She was second at uh, actually to Yulia Efimova um, at uh, U.S. Nationals in 20. 
2015 when when she was a freshman. Um, and I think that's the last time she's lost a hundred meter breaststroke. Um, and she said, I'm, I just feel like I'm the queen of second, you know? And so that was, you know, at NCAA, she decided that she was not going to do that anymore. Um, so yeah, all along, you know, and gosh, I remember that, you know, those state meets coming home, you know, it's about a three hour drive home from Indianapolis and man, it was, you know, who gets the short straw to ride with her on the way home, you know, cause <laughs> that was not fun, oh, but you know, the first hour would be rough and then, you know, she'd get over it and, you know, that was the end of it. So, yeah, well, I think, I think uh, in order to be good at anything, you have to, you have to get through those setbacks. Just like you said, put it be- you just put it behind you. Is that what the way you guys did it? After an hour, she was fine. Yeah. 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 Wow, Jenny, I could literally talk to you all day. I just you're so engaging and candid and I can see where uh, Lily gets it. I mean, this is just I you know, I haven't met your husband and I'm sure he's just as wonderful. But really, this has just been fantastic and given given us some real insight into um, Lily's success, and we cannot thank you enough for spending so much time with us, Maria. What are your I thoughts? totally agree, Jenny. Thank you so much. You you do sound like an amazing mother coach. Uh, um, so thanks, we got thanks. really lucky. We had two yeah. <laughs> two easy kids, so that helped. <laughs> and and you're very modest as well. But uh, thanks for, so much for sharing uh, these tips and this time with us, and and helping us to have some more insights into and how to raise a superstar. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Wow, Maria, what a great interview with Jenny King. I just enjoyed that so much. What are your main take-homes? Well, that Lily won the parent lottery. (laughs) She has a great mom and, I'm sure, father, too. And I I think, for me, the take-home message on that, if you're trying to raise a superstar, is... A, don't take them too seriously. Help them to have fun. Make sure that they have a childhood. Make sure that that um, they're sort of a mix of this is a, you know, you have to work hard if you want to accomplish something, but you should also have fun and, and you know, and, you know, when you, when you, when you succeed, terrific. When you fail, oh, well, come on, let's just go on to the next day. I loved her just, I hate to call it Midwestern, I guess, but it's sort of just, just very practical attitude um, and also very, you know, loving in a different, you know, sense. Maria, I totally agree with your your takeaways there for parents to raise a superstar. And I, I made notes and it was just unlike a lot of very serious swim parents, the kings seem to have put balance into their children's lives. So friends, a lot of fun other activities. I, I'm, it's very impressive that Lily Lily plays the piano, um, that, you know, they, they had fun and they didn't take losses too seriously and they didn't put a lot of pressure, which was the question that you and I both came in with. How does this young woman take so much pressure? And I think it's because when she steps off the block, she's she's got friends and fun and family and she's not all about swimming. So um, those were just some really great takeaways. Agreed. Agreed. She's uh, and and Alex sounds like just an incredible person too. So what what a great set of parents there. Thanks. So grateful to Jenny for sharing your time with us today. Yes. Yes. Well, that will wrap up the uh, 
show today, which is, is on raising a superstar, and we will have the quote of the week for you before we close. Thanks for listening. Yes, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week. Our quote of the week comes to us from Sue Atkins. There's no such thing as a perfect parent, so just be a real one. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today, and we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Signing off for myself and my champion co-host, Maria Parker, we hope you'll join us again soon, and we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening, and please see below for a copy of the show notes for any links or important information that we've referenced here. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more.